can share more about you with each other. Jesus, I pray that your words would be the words that I use tonight, Jesus, and that um, your message would be clear. And I thank you for these people again, Jesus, and I just pray for your blessing on this place. In your holy name, amen. So for the last couple of months, we've been doing a women's Bible study where we are starting in Genesis and just doing the Pentateuch, the five books of the Bible. And I'm talking about how to love God well tonight. And what occurred to me as I was thinking about it is that as we've talked about the Holy Spirit over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit is in us, how the Holy Spirit works through us. Mickey talked about how the Holy Spirit worked in the Bible. But what's really so cool to me to think about and think about a lot now is that before we were created, before the beginning of the creation of earth, God existed in a community. He existed with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And so his heart is to be in community with us, which I think is just so amazing and so wonderful. And so when he created us, he created us to be in community, to be in relationship with him. And to me, that is all. It's just so amazing to think about. In Genesis, it says, in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. When I was little, I used to think, does that mean when I grow up, I'm going to have a big white beard? And I'm going to have long white hair, and I get to wear white all the time? And no, what that means, and what I just learned in this Bible study we're in, in Hebrew, it like us means like how we are, like who we are together in relationship, in community. Um, I look a couple of places in the Bible, which is a good place to look, and God describes um, in Deuteronomy 5, uh, 6, 5, I'm sorry, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And Jesus repeats that again in Matthew 23, I'm sorry, 22, 37. Another example is um, Micah says, um, you, he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, which is to do right, to love kindness, which is mercy, and to walk humbly with God. There's some stuff in the Bible about what God, God doesn't like. And if you're going to know somebody, you got to know what they like, what they don't like, what makes them happy, what doesn't make them happy. So in, where am I, Pro, Proverbs? Mm-hmm. 6, 16 through 19, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, and that's not haughty eyes like H-O-T-T-Y eyes. That's like haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises uh, wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. Gossip. So those are some things that God likes and God doesn't like. What's also really wonderful about God is he gives us examples of people in the Bible who he loves and who love him back in the way that bring glory and honor to him. And one that is a famous one that always comes to mind is David because he was a man after God's God's own heart. What does that mean? Was David perfect? No, he was not perfect. Was he sinless? Nope. Was he humble? No, he wasn't that either. He was an angry guy, a murderer, a liar, an adulterer. He broke every commandment 
that there was to break. Yet God says about him, God named Jesus his own son, son of David. Wow. And this guy is not perfect. So what is it about David that was something that God loves so much about him? Well, I want to tell you a story about David, David and Goliath, and I'm going to go back a little bit before that, because David and Goliath, right before David and Goliath is when David is um, indwelled with the Holy Spirit, which is kind of a cool thing right before that. So what happens is in Judges, we have the Israelites who don't have a king because God said, you are my chosen people, and I am going to be your king. You don't need a man to lead you. You have me. And as the Israelites are um, being people, they decide, hey, everybody else has a king. I want a king too. Give me a king. And so Samuel, who was their prophet at the time, said, yeah, you guys, no, no, you really don't want to have a god because, or a, a king because you have God. You don't need that. And they said, nope, nope, that's what we want. So Samuel went and talked to God, and, and Samuel goes, I'm real sorry, but they want a king. And God said, yep, I know. I've heard their cries. Go ahead. Find him a king because they will not be happy with it, and they'll just have to learn the hard way that that's not what they want to do. So um, they found Saul. Samuel found Saul. And God said, go ahead, anoint that guy. That did not go well. Saul was a man for his own stuff a lot. He prayed. He loved God, but he also loved himself a real lot. So God got kind of tired of that and said to Samuel, I'm done. I'm done now. I want to have a different king, and that king is going to be a son of Jesse. So I want you to go to Jesse's house and meet his sons, and I will tell you which one will be king. So he goes to Jesse's house, and there are six sons. There are seven sons, but six are there. They're big, burly men. They're soldier guys, warrior guys. And Samuel goes, wow, these, this is impressive. And so he looks at these guys, and he says to God, this one? Nope, nope. Nope, 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 nope. He says to Jesse, okay, I've seen these six sons, and God is saying no about all of these guys. Do you have any more sons? And he said, yes, I have David. He's a shepherd, and he said, I'll call him in from the field. So he called him in, and when he came in, God said, yes, that is my man. And instantly David was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is kind of an interesting thing because the Holy Spirit we've been talking about is the Holy Spirit that we get because Jesus said when he went to heaven, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you here. And all of us who believe in, in Jesus are filled with that Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, uh, God would indwell men and women with the Holy Spirit for a time. Sometimes it was for a short amount of time. Sometimes it was for a lifetime. But it was to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. Us having the Holy Spirit was a gift that was going to be coming. So David and Goliath, um, it's not long after this, there had been a war going on with the Philistines, and Saul was still around, the king that wasn't so great because he was not ready to be done being king, and so he was chasing David around and trying to kill him. And so David was going back and forth between his home and bringing food to his brothers during this war. And so he came down into the valley and saw all the Israelites standing there quaking in their boots because they had brought the Philistines. Their big war weapon, was, which was Goliath. He had legs and arms the size of tree trunks, and he had a spear that was the size of a huge branch. And what um, 
Goliath said to the Israelites was, let me find it. Goliath said, why do you come out here and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this is the day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And David looked around and said, what are you even doing right now? He asked his brother, can I fight him? Can I fight him? Let me go down and fight him. He goes, you are small. You are a boy. You're going to be dust if you go down there. No, you can't go down there. And so he did go down there anyway. And the, a man that he was standing next to said, David said to him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. So David was not looking around going, oh, what am I going to do? This is terrible. He was indwelled with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we are indwelled with, those of us who know Jesus, the very same one. And what he was looking at was not the big monster. He was knowing that he was from God and God was going to win. That's good for us to know. And so I want to look at Psalm uh, 18. Because Psalm 18 is a psalm that is written by David, and so many of the psalms are. It's a good place to start if you don't know where to start reading the Bible. It's, it's a good area to pray through. Um, there's good praises. There's good instruction about how to live your life. So it's a good place to go. So here's an example of that. So I'm going to read Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn, which is power, of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. So look how many times David refers to God as his. Isn't that something? My strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. Some of the most powerful times for me when I'm praying is when I put my name in those spots where me is, Debbie's strength, Debbie's rock, Debbie's fortress, Debbie's deliverer, Debbie's God, Debbie's shield, right? That is just, it's powerful. As I talk to God in prayer, I like to list who he is um, and what he's done in my life. It reminds me of who he is and who I am and why I love him and can have faith in him. David approached God when he struggled. He refused to let his circumstances keep him from running, uh, running from God. So when you're overwhelmed, where do you turn to first? I think of that for myself sometimes, too. So I'm going to read uh, 4 through 6. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. So he knew he could depend on God, even in the midst of what was really awful for him. 7 through 15, the earth trembled and quaked. This is talking about the earth. 
that God created that he could make move at his will. The earth trembled and quaked, and foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, volcanoes. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Does th- all of these things, listing all of these things, David is reminding himself. How powerful, how mighty is God, the God that we pray to, the God that we love. 16 through 24, God alone can rescue me. My eyeballs are not working very good. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. Can you see where if you would be reading these in prayer, I mean, just a chunk a day would just be so helpful to to focus you on who God is. 25 through 29. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure, but to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those who are haughty. H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. And like I said, this is one of so many different psalms you can read to talk to God. And it teaches you how to live in relationship with him. What things can I do, God, that would help me to be closer to you? Knowing him and what he loves is the beginning of knowing how to love him back. So how should we love him? I need to learn about who he is and what he loves, and that's what we're going to get when we read this. And we need to make it personal. You know, it's really easy to read something and then go, yeah, that's really cool, and then just go walking on your way. Um, living out the life pieces you learn from reading is just so important. In James 1.22, this is one of my favorites that I do really bad at actually in life, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom And continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. It's a way that we love God, by doing what we learn and being really aware of what it is that he wants. I have done so many studies in my life, my old lady life, about how to pray, where to pray. Do I kneel? Do I stand? Do I stand in a closet? Do I stand in a field? And they're all good things. Um, David talked to God constantly. And I've told my girls before in my group that one thing that I have had started doing a long time ago, actually probably as a girl myself, is to ask God for help in everything. Where are my keys? Which I ask a lot these days. So I talk to God a lot. Where are my keys? Uh, Where are my shoes? Um, Jesus, can you help me with this? Jesus, my friend, just sit. Can you help me with that? Just in all of those things, to always go to God first. It becomes habit. It becomes like blinking. It's what you do. When um, This is not an easy one, but it gets to be one that becomes part of your heart life as well. If your friend says, this terrible thing is happening to me, or I'm really struggling here, can I pray with you about that? Just, Just do it. Just do it. 
it's hard because it's awkward or it feels awkward. But, but I have to remind myself, we have to remind ourselves, we ha- have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that indwelt David, who killed Goliath and went on to do many other just amazing things. We have that same power. And we, ne- we, we want to share that with people that we love. Jesus was an example of somebody when he prayed. Some days, sometimes he went away for 40 days. Sometimes he went away just a little bit away from the disciples where it was quiet. I would ask you to think about turning this off. And even, I guess I would, I would say, there are some good devotionals in here on version, which is great. But before you go to social media in the morning, and I'm terrible at this myself as well, but before you go to social media, go to one of those, those devotionals and read because they're short. They're just a couple sentences and a Bible verse. Do that. Before you get up in the morning and you're laying there, say, Jesus, thank you for letting me wake up this morning. Make habits of this kind of stuff so that you're thinking about Jesus all the time. What can I do for you today? Jesus, what do you want me to do? And then guess what? Listen. You know, if you talk to me very much, you know that it's like a fire hose most of the time. And so I am a fire hose when I talk to God, too. And you know what? We need to shut it, and we need to listen to what he has to say. And sometimes you can sit in it for a long time. What I love about it, when in the mornings that I say, God, how are you going to use me today? And then I get up, and Lord, speak. It might not be right then, but boy, when you're at school, you will know when that time comes. I promise you, you will know. There will be a friend who needs you. There will be a teacher who needs you. There will be a situation that you can pray about. It will happen. Make yourself available to Jesus that way. The other thing that I'm going to ask you is that you would be uh, ready to be sacrificial with your time. And that's hard because I know you guys are really busy. It's really tough. But guess what? Oswald Chambers said this, and I love it. Beware of placing emphasis on what prayer costs you. You, It costs God everything to make it possible for you to pray. Right? It cost him the life of his son. So if you've accepted Jesus, I encourage you to use the Holy Spirit that you have in you and remind yourself of what Holy Spirit that is. It's the Holy Spirit that was over the waters during the creation of the earth. It's the, the Holy Spirit that indwelled Moses. It's the Holy Spirit that indwelled Abraham. It's the, I mean, through the ages. It's the same one on Kink Your Hose. What I said to one of my girls, um, I can't remember if it was this week or last, but one of the things I learned in Sunday school a long time, long time ago, was that we are pickles. Yes, Greta, right? We are cucumbers to begin with, but then when we let this soak in, we become a pickle. So be Jesus pickle. Do that. And you, what? What the pickle? We're so fickle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was the other pickle thing. Yeah. If you don't know Jesus yet, read more. Read more. And if you have questions, ask. Don't be afraid to ask. It's a good, good thing to know Jesus.
I noticed when I brought this Bible, this is not a very good way to close, but it's my son's Bible from high school, and it says, I'm a stud. <laughs> so, so should we pray? Yeah? Jesus, I just pray for each one of these almost grown-up kids and wonderful young adults. Jesus, would you make yourself so real to them in ways that are new to them, every day. Jesus, would you help them develop such wonderful habits of coming to you, trusting you first. And as God said to Samuel when he was looking for David, do not look at the appearance of man, for I look at the heart. And it's what you look for, God, it's it's what you look for in us, is our heart. We'll screw up, we'll make mistakes, But you died for us, Jesus. You died for us so that our way is clear, Jesus. And I pray that you would help us to remember that. You are holy, and we love you. Amen.